radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on the stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerve DJ's radio. And hold on, this is Gip right here giving me a call. My bad. But as you know, man, tonight's legendary guest. Come on, bro. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, this year has been one for the ages. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, we got Big Gip in the house, man. It's pretty fucking dope, man. Yes, sir. What's going on, bro? Hey, um, I sent you a link in the inbox. That's what you use. Okay. Let me look at it now. I'm going to send it to Jane. All right, bet. Yeah, that that's just really really dope, man. Um, yeah, man, it's been whoo. Your boy been in his bag. And you know, man, I only rock with legends, and tonight is absolutely no exception. Come on, man, Big Gip and James Worthy. <sighs> anyway, um, and next week is getting Next week I got uh Big Chopper, um. And then the following Sunday, well, the 23rd, I got Big Court from Holden Court Podcast. Uh, oh, my God. And then I got Stalin coming on the 27th. Um, who do I got jumping out the gate in May? Good money? Come, man. Anyway, um, how are you doing? How is life, man? Let me let me check the traps a little bit and see. Okay, bet. Um, what's going on with you? What's new? You know, and, and and hopefully today has been a good day, you know, and here's Gip right here. Yeah, that's what we're talking about right there. Yay. And, 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 and hold, hold on. I'm going to take, turn your phone to the side for me, though. Let's, let's try, yeah, try the other side or, or all the way around. I don't know. I'm trying to get the landscape view. And your shit's just not working. Yo, that's a... I don't know what that is behind you. Is that a clock? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, that's fucking dope. Yeah, that's... You know, I'm Cherokee, man. Yo, no, I did not know that. That's fucking yeah. dope. It's Cherokee. It's Cherokee. Oh, yeah, man. I love shit like that, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> big on the artsy type of shit, man. Anyway, man. And I'm sorry. I didn't give you no type of fucking introduction, man. We got... We got one of the legends, of the, we got the legend in the building, man. Goody Mob's own, ATL's own, man. Just hip hop's own. Big Gip in the motherfucking building, bro. How you doing? I'm good, King. How you doing? <laughs> oh man, I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. I'm above ground, and that's all I can ask for. Yay, man. 
Yeah, everything else is 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 just icing on the cake for right now. You know what I'm saying? You, you uh, have James called in yet? No, he hasn't. Let me get him right. Hold on, right quick. All right, I got you. All right. Good. Yo, that, I mean, how 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 many motherfuckers? You know, and Big Gip been everywhere. You know, like I'm I'm just just a lucky nigga, man. Like, and I've been saying that for years, and at some point, I got I got to like, give myself a little credit. You know, um, a little bit more than lucky at this point. Put in a lot of fucking work with this podcast shit. Not everybody in their grandma got a podcast, but I was doing this shit when like three niggas had podcasts. Hold on, right quick. I'm getting uh, right. uh sending James the link. All right, go ahead. Sound like bro running it over there to him personally. <laughs> Yo, man, just being in Goody Mob, just fucking dope, man. Just one of the oh, who's that looking in my window? How? Yes, sir. Oh my god, man. Let me know when you're ready, man. I ain't, you know, I ain't going nowhere. And actually, if, if, if you, you sent it to him, because if it's easier, I can inbox it to him. Yeah. Yeah, I can send it to him. We good now. All right. And I don't know what I... Okay, yeah, we good now. Yeah, that's perfect. So what's going on with you, bro? You all over everywhere. You, you've done every... You know, the, like the... Nigga, you... Your acumen for social media, nigga, is is like top tier. <laughs> like you, uh, the promotion of, of the of the project, man, has been phenomenal. Shout out to you. Oh man, shout out to James. Uh, just uh, it's amazing, man, because you know we just started this and started just working on records. It wasn't something that we kind of like planned to do, you know. Uh, I was called to a studio session and by Corrupt, and that's the first time I met James. So from there, we started working, and the actual song that we was working on is the single now, Top of the World. And, um, you know, as things transpired, we kept the record, and he was like, yo, let's work on some other stuff. So we did one song with this artist called John Flotus from Atlanta. Is a record called Night Drive, which has a video out everywhere. And then I did a song. Me and James did a record for his hey, last. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You got AirPods on? AirPods? Yeah. No. Okay, and this because it, it, it's like your uh, and I just put added uh James to 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 the uh mix too. Because your audio is like it, it's real crispy one second and then it's in the next. Maybe, maybe I, uh, oh, you, maybe it's the, uh, cause I put my hand over the, the mic. <laughs> oh, that might, that might have something to do with it. And, uh, what's going on, man? The, the producer's producer, man. The, the, the man himself, James Worthy. How you doing, bro? Yo, what's family? up, man? What's going on, man? How's life? Uh, blessed, man. Can't complain. How about yourself? Hey, man, I'm, I'm breathing. I have no complaints, bro. None at all. Awesome. 
and Gip was just kind of going over how y'all uh y'all got together. You know, uh, shout out to Corrupt for for the linkage. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> why Corrupt ain't on the project? You know, Corrupt out in the West Coast doing his thing, man. You know, he he hard to get it, get in touch with these days. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, and I have watched like interview after interview, just trying to, uh, well, for one, like everybody's got a gip clip at this point. And they can be saying everything, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I fucks with it too, though, man. And Tupac is the goat, by the way, just, just put yeah. that out there. Ain't no arguments there. Uh, <laughs> but let me ask y'all this. And I ask everybody in hip hop, um, when did y'all fall in love with hip hop? Mm. That's a good question. Um, well, you know, me being from New York, you know, I'm from Queens, New York. Uh, I always been around hip hop. You know, hip hop was, you know, was in me since five years old. You know what I mean? Like first album I bought was Tribe Called Quest, uh, Midnight Marauders. Um, mm. So, you know, I mean, hip hop has always been in me, you know, since early. So um, I don't know, like, I, I guess, I think when it really, really dawned on me that I loved it was probably when um, when I met um, Jam Master J and uh, PM Don, and I was like ten years old, and uh, they kind of like you know brought me under their wing, and and you know I got a chance to meet Houdini after that and all that. So I think that's when I was like really, really in tune with hip hop. Yeah, kept growing from there. Criminally underrated. I'm sorry, but who being so underrated is is ridiculous. Totally. Oh, oh, <laughs> and to see them niggas live when they was doing their thing, I'm an old yeah. nigga. I, I, you know, I was at them concerts when them niggas was like, like in their bag. Man, man, them niggas was yeah, they they was some shit. How about you, Gip? When did you fall in love with hip hop? Mm. I would say like uh mm, middle school. Okay. Middle school, probably the early eighties. You know, okay. because that's when that's when uh you know you gotta remember back then it was a rock and roll world. So we was more looking at at rock and roll groups and you know the old the, the old uh, music channel come on 69 late at night two in the morning you catch some stuff but like uh i i think i really fell in love with hip-hop like sixth grade once i got to to middle school because that's when you start seeing the actual videos and and yes of course you had w-a-l-k in atlanta of course that's when you heard early dana dane early sleep rick yeah, we trying to we, we trying to do our, our break dancing with the cardboard. Yeah, like that's totally the time that you fell in love with. <laughs> Once you start trying to break dance, that's when you knew that you fell in love with the culture because that was something that was totally different. And I just remember when my father and my mother then first started seeing us, like, like why y'all down there dirty and up your clothes, man? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember so the first time he was, he was just so puzzled. Like, man, why y'all down there spinning on your clothes, man? Like, you're messing your clothes up. Why you doing it? It was hip-hop, daddy. They did not understand it. So to watch it from then to now, man, like, uh, it's totally been an art form that I fell in love with. 
Yo, man. And it's hard telling motherfuckers now, like, man, I used to go to a party with a cardboard box. This is the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> you know, like, and I wasn't the only nigga doing this shit. <laughs> you know, like, everybody would show up. We The whole front lawn would be cardboard boxes and shit. <laughs> and, 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 and I think kids will never know how it felt when other kids came around with the fat shoelaces and you didn't have none. <laughs> it was weird back then. I won't be <laughs> Yo, I, like, I'm from Detroit. And and top tens have always my whole life been like the thing. And I'm in sixth grade. I finally convinced my mama to go buy some $75 top tens. Mm. Go to the mall and not one fucking store had my size. Nigga, I cried like a baby <laughs> right in Foot Locker. Nigga <laughs> <laughs> was, I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really hip hop. Is the first run DMC, I think, because back then the shoe was either a shell toy Adidas or you had the suede Pumas because Lee had them on in B Street. Facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Facts. And it's crazy. A lot of people don't even realize, like, even with Nike, like, Nike was a track shoe before Jordan got to it. So a lot mm. of people think that Nike was always a sports you know, uh, influential kind of, uh, you know, shoe that everybody was wearing, but it was only for track no. stars. Yeah. At, mm -hmm. at one point, yeah. Pony was a bigger shoe shoe brand in the hood than Nike was. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Everybody yeah, yeah. Wear ponies. Yeah, like yeah. Nike was like, you, you could go to any store and get, they used to call them pile shoes. You go there, and it was a big ass pile of shoes. Yeah. You could oh, buy yeah. some Nikes off the motherfuckers. <laughs> canvas joints like when i was in elementary school you know mm -hmm. that shout out to nike they they put the work in but yeah they didn't come out you know out the gate on top mm -hmm. and you said midnight marauders though Man, yes like, sir that's yeah. that's quality out the gate not my because my first shit was fat boys and i'm you know like love the fat boys but it, it was no midnight marauders yeah i mean you know like like i talk about this a lot because because that day was special to me because i bought Midnight Marauders, but then I also brought Wu Tang into the Thirty Six Chambers that same day, because because oh. both albums came out the same day. Um, mm -hmm. So to me, I felt like I was a part of the history because I mean that's important history, you know, in, in hip hop that day. So that's what gave me even a greater um, respect for for both groups. But mm -hmm. Tribe was just that they just resonated with me a little bit more because you know coming from the production side and the yeah. writing side yeah. Q-Tip being yeah. one of my favorite producers, like, you know, it was just different. Respectfully, Tribe is a way better group than Wu-Tang. Yeah, you know, but they, but they two different styles, you know, like Wu-Tang is more better, crunchy, bro. more street. I, I, I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not, it ain't no butts or nothing like that. It's just <laughs> fucking better. Like Wu-Tang <laughs> didn't want to be a group forever. Tribe That's true. wanted to be a group until Q-Tip decided no. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they made classic after classic after classic. Them niggas had a tough time trying to get Wu-Tang to make the second album. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. Let me let me being in a group, do you do you ever look back, Gip, and say, I wish I had not have been in a group and have just did a solo career? No, because I've all I've I've never wanted to be a solo artist. 
Really? Yeah. I never wanted to be a solo artist simply because I've always come from groups. I've always been in a group. And even though I've always been in a group, I always understood that I held my side down. What I do may be special, but what the next man do may be special too. When you bring it together, it makes a certain synergy that can't be duplicated. You know, one thing about being a solo artist, you either have the confidence of being a great writer, great musician, mm-hmm. or you got the arrogance of an asshole that's been <laughs> spoon-fed since he's been in the door. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's it's, it's kind of like, you know, you know, to to for for a great example, it's like Babyface. As much as he wrote, he still get on stage, kick it, do his thing. I've never seen him in an arrogant space because you know his confidence is always in the music and always knowing that he's going to have a great. Uh, he's going to he going to take a song from the finish to the end, and you know if you look at artists that. Most of the time, they don't write the material, produce the material. Mm-hmm. They just, the the ego is fucking bigger than the world they live in. I think the ego is different, but still present in both scenarios. Like, if you get Babyface in the studio and tell him songwriter X is better than, it, than them, he may not overtly be like, oh, I'm better than that nigga. But when that product come out, he's going to tell you through that that music. Right. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? The nigga that don't have that talent got to come out the gate and be like, I'm better than you. Because that's all you got. Right. That's you true. know what I'm saying? Like, I seen the uh, the verses with, uh, 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 oh, what is it? Is it Javante? Oh, Leo? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, what's his name? Uh, uh, this, this, you know what I'm talking about, the song. Right? I, know, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yo, I had never heard of this nigga. Yes. I had never heard of this nigga. Ever. And this nigga was talking. That nigga. Yeah, yeah. That nigga came with the shits. (laughs) I left that versus like, first off, nigga, this was the most underrated versus they'd had. Very, very dope. Both sides came to it, but I left respecting that nigga completely. And he was talking his shit. And and who was who was he going against? Neo. Neo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Neo, Neo had to dig way in his bag to yeah. fuck with my man. Because my man had hits from everybody. Oh my God, man. So is this technically a, a solo album for you, Gip? Or is it like like how how y'all wording that? This is Gip and Worthy. This is how we do it. I mean, if okay. you think about it, I'm not just rapping on all the songs. I'm That's just true. some some songs. I might just have a verse. I love what he sings. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think you know everybody. It's funny because a lot of people got their own interpretation of what it is, but mm-hmm. basically, it's just a joint project. You know what I mean? Like it's just two artists coming together and making art. You know, um, that's why I never really classified as an album. I don't really classify it as as an EP or nothing like that. It's just a joint project that we put together just just to show people, look, man, like not only we could do it, but it's something new, something fresh. Like we ain't chasing nothing. Like this this just came from what came from our spirit and our hearts. You know what I mean? Like I ain't competing against nobody. 
are y'all doing yourselves a disservice though by not like putting it in a box and wrapping it up easily for people when you say it ain't really a project it ain't this it ain't that it's just a gift of music well, people nah. can't really define that, and you know niggas need to define shit to 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 get. Nah, because it. when you when you start putting it in the box, then you you're diminishing yourself. You're you, now you putting a ceiling over yourself, to where I like you. I think nowadays people are so creative, it ain't no ceiling no more. Like you you got to open up the envelope bigger and bigger and bigger because now we're now we're opening things up to more possibilities of what music can be, and that's what we're showing people we can make music that you wouldn't think we would make. Like nobody thought that me and Gib would come out with it, with a project like this. You know what I mean? So that right there was, was an eye opener. But I mean, y'all, just y'all made a, love, a, a, a next, long love song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine what we could do next. Okay. So what is next? What is next? Just more music. Because one thing that we just wanted to test the water to see how people would accept it. And I think, the test the waters that's behind us at this point. I mean, uh, the 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 reception to the to the album has been phenomenal, you know. And this is something that James and I put together. This is something that James and I felt like that we could do. And I think that we conquered the if we can we do it. It's that's over with, you know. what I mean, that and and it can can we make great records? That's over with. So now it's about how many times can we do it again. That's where we at now. So, nah, it's uh for me. He's opened up a whole nother portal as far as me. He gave me the, the a new energized reason to even do music. And at this point in my career, you know, like if I'm not doing anything new, then what am I doing? So that's the real, you know, that's the real place that I am because I mean, at the end of the day, for me, and I tell people this all the time. I mean. This is the first time I spoke to women on every single song that you hear. So with that, you're getting to see uh, an intel of how I think and what I talk and how I talk. Mm -hmm. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hold up. Hold up. A lot of ways we have forgot how to talk to our women. We talk to our women like we're talking to dudes. Yeah, I think it's a big difference uh, when a male and a female are really speaking, and I think now you got actual music to go with that. I would agree with you. Although I will say this, I think that we never really had a, a mirror, uh, a, an audio mirror, so to speak, so that we could listen to how we was talking to our women. Yeah. Now we got we got cameras everywhere, and I think some of it is shocking us. Especially us old heads. It's like, damn, were we really talking like this? And a lot of our women, especially back in the day, they didn't have a voice to really say, y'all niggas talking out of pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think the pendulum's kind of swung a little too far now because now a lot of women are, you know, very, very vocal. And dudes, you know, are, I don't very, know. Very, very, uh, very, very uh, complacent. Very, very unmanly. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. It ain't like, baby, we not, you don't run that much your mouth, but we can have a conversation. And that's how it is. It's like a man is not supposed to dial back from having a conversation with his with his woman. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I can be wrong, 
as long as I can admit my wrong, then shit. Uh, I think, bro, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if you keep keep cover. You just need to put the phone down and rest it up against something. You can't hear. <laughs> I mean, well, we can, but it, yeah, it goes, it it goes from perfect to you in a tunnel somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, it's governor good. the mic. It's it's raining real bad here. I'm in the boom. I'm in the backwoods. In the backwoods. Oh. <laughs> yeah, shit, I don't know nothing about that, man. I'm on the east side in the city. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I don't know nothing about that. Well, I don't know shit about that. Well, on the other side of Panola, you better stop now. Uh, well, you get on the Panola and Social Circle now. That's the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number trees. Yo, like I live in Ohio now, and most motherfuckers don't realize how down south-ish a lot of this state is. What, mm. boy? You Ohio. get caught? Yes. 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 Like you, like just going from Columbus to to Cleveland, a lot of those little cities. Yeah. Those sundowners joints. Mm-mm. Yeah, they don't yeah. tell you. But I'm not stopping in the motherfuckers at midnight. Oh, no, nah, you can't do that. Oh. <laughs> Stand in a motel with an outside door. Yeah, right. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Yo, and you, I heard you talking about that in an interview, and you were saying how it was back in the day when y'all went out to Cali. Yeah. Yeah, when Yo. we went out to Cali, I mean, uh, it was just a different thing back then. It was gang-related. It was gangs at its highest during them times. And that's when... Rap wasn't uh, pop yet. Well, it wasn't pop in the in the sense of the industry. It was probably a yeah. few pop rappers, but all the rappers stayed either by the airport or somewhere in South Central. So you know, the difference of uh, where artists are now and how we came into the game. You know, like young artists now coming in getting a couple of million dollars, they can change their life, their family life, and hopefully they can have a a record or two, but if they smart, they can still leave the game with some money. You know, yeah, they, from I time, smart. I mean, they're supposed to be smart. Yeah, but I mean, you, you know, got all these niggas telling on themselves on on Instagram, so I don't know. What's the thing? I mean, you know what it is? It's the culture. See, it's the same thing when we were young and we didn't know the dangers on the other side of drug dealing. Yeah. And we know the dangers on the other side of the game, bank. Yeah. These kids in this in this time and day, they are living through the dangers of the internet. See, they only have the impulse of wanting to be seen and heard. That's kind of like all the youth wants. So the internet is just they they're gonna have to learn through time what is accepted and what's not accepted. So we like in this generation's eighty-five through ninety. Yeah, you know, like when crack just really just started hitting motherfucking the, the the hoods everywhere, and the first couple of years that shit was like Christmas every day. Everybody was eating, parties was lovely, jeeps was blasting, shit was great, and then they start getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit started getting different then. You know, when it wasn't just that occasional shooting like it was in the 70s, 
it was a weekly thing and you couldn't go to a house party no more. Um, with drugs and with money, man, comes envy and uh, yeah, and everything else. You know, like I just think that uh, that's the reason why you know, giving worthy the album is so important because again, we give it we we giving music to calm the beast. We're giving people another place to go with their mind and with music. You know, because, I mean, look at the contents of music right now, man. At least, you know, us coming from the golden era, it was just so much. You could turn on Melly Mel here, here, that. You could turn on KRS-One. You could turn on so many examples that kind of was a balance to what you was hearing from the West Coast. So it was kind of like it was still great hip-hop because you had a balance in yeah. and, so, but it's like now, once the, it seems like the corporate beast has figured out how to first make a hip hop star, second, how to make a hip hop producer. And now they understand it. And, they, and now the last part of it was taking the artist and selling influence. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are right now. But the biggest thing about all three of those things is that we've lost the real art and the real love for music. Now it's just, everybody knows the formula. So, you know, that's the reason why you got 38 million songs on Spotify that don't get heard or played. Because mm -hmm. everybody think they can do it. And back in the day, everybody couldn't just say you wanted to do this. You had to put yeah. the time, the effort, yeah. and you had to be there, you know? Now you can go to the club, and you can go to the club on Instagram. You ain't gotta leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> so now everybody when the hip hop community used to be special because people had to actually show up in these places and, yeah. and, and meet the people now you could just a kid could just look at the internet figure out what artists they like mimic everything they doing you can hear all the music they doing and you'll get another trash rapper doing his yeah. interpretation of the rapper that he likes yeah. So that's where we differ. And that's why Jane said, hey, man, we went in here and did what we wanted to do, not what the industry is pushing or what the narrative of the industry. And that's why you're going to come up with such a special uh, presentation, because it has no influence from the industry on it. And and, and I know y'all put y'all pushing an, an album. Um, so y'all may not want to answer this one, but I posed the question the other day. And it's like we blame the artists and currently we blame the artists for the shit that they push in. We blame the record labels for the shit that they push in through the artists. But nobody ever blames Radio One. <clears throat> and I want and, and it's like they supposed to be black owned. Why are we not holding them to a standard when they are the megaphone for this generation right now? Well, and no, nobody has anything to say about them. Well, you know, this this how I look at it. Most artists, most independent artists, they can't even get on radio once. So it's kind of a lost cause with them. Like that's that's almost okay. like the last resort. Really, right now, independent artists are focused on streaming. They focus on social media and they focus on their visibility. Radio one and all these BDS stations are for artists that are either signed to these record labels or they they have the budget to put into a major radio campaign to get into radio one right that's mm -hmm. that's if you're trying to get into that realm but the average artist 
isn't thinking about that. They don't even know what Radio 1 is. All they know is they hottest station in their city and that that's the BDS station. They have no idea what regional radio is. They have no idea what national radio is. They don't know that Radio 1 is is the the, the head of hundreds of other stations. Mm -hmm. They don't know that. But for us, we know mm -hmm. that let's take Atlantic Records. Atlantic Records is going to buy out 10 different radio stations at least for their artists whenever they drop in something and buy all the ad space. Yeah. Because they have the budget. Yeah. But yeah. it's sad. But for someone that doesn't have a voice to, to say what I'm saying, it's never going to be said or heard. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely sad, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gip. Uh, what James is saying, like, at the end of the day, man, it's shit about money. Mm -hmm. shit about shit about money. And yeah, Radio 1 is that. And most of the record labels aren't. So, we got to take their money. We got to we got we got to deal with them because without them we die. So, with that being said, I just feel like this. Uh, it's up to the artists. Mm -hmm. It's up to the it's up to the artists that's still here to try to change it. You know, people that work for the you know my thing is this also. I, it's not just the record labels. It's not just the radio. I look at all the black execs. Y'all y'all bringing all the kids to the slaughter. So if 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 you know that they about to fuck over them and you getting paid out of it and you feel like you getting paid from it, I ain't gonna speak on what the negatives are. Hey man, you just as much as at fault. Yeah, it's niggas that look like my face. Yeah, that's really fucking niggas over and hiding their hand. Yeah, and they tell they tell you get like, hey man, bro, you don't know how many people you don't know how many people and calls you. And they always from the exec side, like, yo, yeah, you motherfuckers don't write it, you don't produce it, you just have figured out a way how to fuck over it and make money over people who don't know. Now you mad at me, because I'm. that's the reason why you want all the older artists out the game and be quiet. And then you got another select few that the game ain't paid, and they all just rich with nothing to say. All they can tell you about how much money they got or show you their lifestyle. So, for me personally, it's like, you got to figure out what your purpose is. You know, because yeah. you got too many people that at the end of the day, the streaming service was created so executives could get in on the artist's money. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. So, 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 at the end of the day, the streaming, the way they paying it, they, they did it like that so the record labels could share the profits with the people that worked with it. So at the end, it turns the artist into nothing but a slave. And then the artist, like it used to be back in the day, the artist could, could okay, I sold, y'all sold X amount of albums, X amount of tapes. There was physical proof that I could go back and count if necessary. They can't do that with the streaming. No. They legitimately don't know how many times a song has been streamed outside of the company telling them, oh, it's streamed X amount of times. Right. So, every well, time but you, you know what? It. This is what it is, though, in the streaming side. There is mm -hmm. a way that they can tell, but 
it comes down to how much a stream is actually worth. That's see, that's that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows, nobody really knows what a stream is worth unless you actually work for these DSPs. But right. they're gonna jazz it up and tell you what they want to tell you. And they'll and and they'll say, yeah. hey, well, we spent this much on streaming and, and marketing and blah blah blah. We we done got you hundred million streams and blah blah blah. We done made your record go gold because you got a hundred million streams. That's cool, you know, because it's a whole new metric system of how records are being sold by stream. Mm-hmm. But nobody in the music business who, unless has an invested interest in Spotify or, or Tidal or Apple, who really knows the worth of a stream. Yeah. And that's Yo. called, and, and, and you might as well just call that long shot. It is. Pretty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the classic long sharking technique. Oh, no, hey, man. Make it, make, give, give me your best guess how much you made. Because I'm telling you, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever you say, no, it's not that. And I'm going to inflate what I told you I spent. Just True. for good measure. Exactly. Yo, so if if anybody wants to get the album, how they do how they go about doing that? I want to make sure that's out there too. Um, it's available all streaming platforms. If you got Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Tidal, uh, any streaming platform, it's available. Uh, just search Gipping Worthy. Um, a lot of stuff coming up, man. We got music videos dropping um, close to the summertime. Uh, of course, the single right now is called Top of the World off the EP. Um, Man, we got TV shows, movies we doing. Um, we working on the tour. So, you know, just stay locked in with us. Yes, I sir. Se- I seen the clip on, on, on the For Us By Us network. Get you mm-hmm. in, right? What movie yeah. is that? That's called On 10. It's going to be a new television show uh, about the... the uh, it's, it's shot in Atlanta. So um, it's our version of what's really going on and how we, how we live here. So that I'm 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 really excited about that. And then we got about what we got two songs in the first episode. So uh the single and uh, uh whatever you like. So for me personally, I'm I'm crunk, man. I'm like, we're gonna do this TV thing, me and James gonna hit the road. I mean, like, uh it's just exciting for me. We're in the fiftieth year of hip hop, man, and everybody didn't make it. But we did. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, <sir>. no. <laughs> ask, who y'all listening to now that's not y'all um you know what man like my my um i guess my my taste is different like you know i sometimes i get my my element of different genres so you know one minute i might i might be in in house dance music you know what i mean so let me I'm, ask you this why, why why as black folks do we feel we need to do that as far as what why we gotta if, if it's out of the if it ain't if we ain't saying it's a hip-hop or r&b we feel like we gotta tell people it's gonna be different to prepare them you you don't nigga you got a great ear whatever you listen to if you Absolutely. say I'm listening to it know, after man, this like shit this, i'm gonna listen to it to check it out it's what people's is it's what people are conditioned to you know what okay. I mean? Like, it's, especially if, if you're someone that only listens to hip hop and rap and maybe R&B, then <laughs> you would expect your your uh, your peers or, or other people that look like you to listen to the same stuff that you listen to. But if I say, hey, well, I'm listening to pop, I'm listening to house dance and all that, then sometimes they'll shun you 
or look at you crazy like what the hell is that although black people started electronica music black people started house music you're right you know like niggas don't know that shit you're right just saying yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't want to know the history of this shit no more because a lot of people is into that and rewriting the history. That's why the history ain't told. That's on purpose. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the reason why anybody right now that, that that's gonna speak uh say another story against the narrative that they've been out here telling everybody, then uh it alerts everybody. It gives it, it puts everybody in stitches because you know you going against what what's the popular, you know. Uh, saying about different situations but for me personally i just feel like this man at certain points man you, we're not in high school no more so either you're gonna you're a person that live by truth or you're a person that lives by the parameters of the industry and you know i've just been here too long to ever let that deter me at this point in life and at this point in life it's only about the music and the people that i fuck with i ain't trying to go to nobody's party or be up under nobody so i can only just be me and you know and um, that's, I think that's where we losing that in music. You know, what when I'm listening to now, Gip. What am I listening to? Yeah, who you listening to? I'm gonna tell you the truth, bro. Like, uh, I listen to everything, but it's only certain artists that I can listen to. And uh, I can say Future, I listen to Future a lot. I listen to Shouty a lot because he's from us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it ain't too many. As far as all the new artists, I love them all, bro. Like, this Atlanta. So, I love Lil Scooter like I love Lil Young LA. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I love Two Chains like I love uh, 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 Lil Baby. It's like, for me, I'm in Atlanta where. We raised our kids to be different. So for me personally, when I look around Atlanta and I say, damn, Dungeon Family did their thing, folk. We ain't blackballed nobody, shit on nobody. We brought everybody up that wanted to come up and look at our city now. Now I can look around the other cities and be like, y'all didn't do that. Y'all didn't do that. You know, it's interesting. Like, And niggas hate me when I say this shit. I didn't like 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 I see a lot of Detroit artists now doing DJ drama tapes. I don't like that shit. And I'm fucks with DJ drama. Well, I would tell you this. I would say wait, 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 hold on. My my only issue with that is that there are DJs that are homegrown that have been putting in the work. Like Atlanta made DJ drama. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they were supposed to make DJ drama. Mm-hmm. Detroit's supposed to make their own DJ drama. Yeah, but I could tell. I give you another example right now. When you ask me about that TV show that I'm in, uh-huh. that man, the, the 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 actual director of that, his name uh-huh. is Manny Robinson. He's from right. Eight Mile, from Detroit. Couldn't, him, get Couldn't get on. He did exactly what Tyler Perry did. He got in his car, took all his ideas, and moved to Atlanta. And now he got 26 TV shows about to come out, and he got them on his way. The city of Atlanta just gave him. $800,000 to do whatever he wanted see, to do. I'm going to disagree with that, that he couldn't get on. Go look up uh, 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 McGraw Avenue. Them niggas got on. Them niggas got a Moolah uh, production. Go look up Darren Brown. It's niggas in the city doing their shit and doing right. it at a high level. 
You know, but it's also, he just it's also, opted. Shout out to him. No, no disrespect yeah. at all. But he just yeah. opted to take a, a different path. But it was a way. Yeah, and it's, you got to also understand it's also about funding. Also, yeah, it's yeah. also also about funding. You know, you know, that's my man up there, Tree Treek up there in Detroit. So you know, I know how to get the D town roll. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! And my bad. His manager, Mikey, told me to say what's up. Yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I'm glad you said that because I was going to complete. Because Mikey's my guy, I was going to completely fucking forget. So yeah, my bad. I just left the child. When I got to the child, I was with Mikey. Yeah, that's yeah, that's actually. Uh, anyway, long story. Yeah, very dope guy, man. Fuck. So Mikey, no, yeah. uh, I'm with you, King. I just think that uh, everybody has to take the path that this 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 for them. Yeah, and um, you know uh. You got to look, DJ Drummer, he going to get you out there. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's only been two DJs that they let do that. So, you know, if you can't get to the other one, DJ Drummer will be the next person. Outside of that, you know, my dudes, uh, Coalition DJs, they come up there and do a lot of work with Detroit. Detroit does a lot of work. We love Detroit artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it, it's just Atlanta has just always been a friend of Detroit. So if you couldn't yeah. get on Detroit, Come over here. We can probably get you on because everybody don't be Detroit. Yeah, I rock, with, I rock yeah. with Detroit. I rock with Detroit. You know, and, and you know, I mean, y'all. I mean, y'all got Vivica Fox, man. You can't never take that away, baby. That's man. that's y'all. That's she's she is represented in Hollywood this long. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout, shout out to Big Sean too, man. That's my boy. Yeah, shout out. To oh Big yeah, Sean. shout out to Big Sean. Yo, um. Damn, what was I about to say? It just totally fucking just blew my mind. Yeah, because um, we knew some folk. He was like, damn, how you know Big Sean? How you know Mikey? Well, no, no, no. The Mikey one surprised me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Big Sean, it, like, y'all niggas is up there, so I'm not surprised y'all know Big Sean. I don't fucking know Big Sean. You know, y'all way above me. You know, so that one was like, yeah, that, I'm expecting that one. <laughs> Yo, y'all said y'all going on tour. Um, are y'all coming to Cleveland or Detroit anytime soon? Uh, that's the plan. That's the plan. You know, we 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 setting our itinerary as we speak. So I'm pretty sure, um, you know, D Town is is gonna be on that list. Yeah. And I know, you know what? I'm pretty sure y'all go to Detroit, Mikey, or somehow be involved in that. Yeah, yeah. Always involved with Goody Mob shows. Yeah. So I definitely. Uh, do you do do you do Goody Mob? Like do, like do you mix that up in your shit now, or is it strictly you know promo for what y'all got going on now? I mean, we haven't, you know, Goody Mob has this thing, you know, most of the time when we do our singing thing, we let CeeLo do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure they would not mind if me and James come on the stage and do what we do, you know what I mean? I already been asked, so, I mean, you might catch it, you know what I mean? Um, I know Goody Mob's coming back to Detroit, I know it's going back to Ohio, so you might catch it, but I mean, me and James is very steadfast on trying to build our own uh, touring situation because it just gives us longer legs and everything that we're doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I understand that. So are you still in Goody Mob? Man, we, we booked the 2024, man. Oh, yeah, they still strong, baby. They well, still shit, when y'all coming this way, nigga. <laughs> man, like, uh, man, like, bro, we been, uh, we, we, every damn near, Every man by the end of this month, it's it's all the way to the end of the year, so it's like uh all the way in the next year. 
So it's like, uh, no, nah, we here, man. Um, I'm just happy, bro. We can take care of ourselves. We can still do the same material we did when we were kids. We still feel like grown men. I don't feel like no fool up there doing my old stuff. And I feel great, man. Now created a whole new project with James. I'm a whole new artist. I'm an R&B artist. Now, shit. Nigga didn't turn into a sex symbol. Hey man, we got we got to do it for the ladies. Come on, man. Hey man, put us up to a Chris Brown and Jacquees or something, man. I want my crowd to change. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm not mad at that, man. Oh. So the next project is it gonna be the same lane, or are you gonna you know like what you looking at? What you thinking? Um, man, it's it's just, it's probably gonna be you know something similar, but but definitely probably something uh, even more uh, against the grain, like yeah. you know much more creative, much more artistic. Um, you know, not even just in what we're talking about, but just even in the production, like you just hear different production from us and different styles. Um, you know what I mean? Gipping Worthy, the, the first installment was just the appetizer, you know, to get people ready for, you know, wh- whatever's next. So, um, you know, so we already been working on it. So it's it's in the works. I'm just throwing this out there because I'm a huge, huge Mozzie fan. And I know that nigga's, free that nigga. I, I know he getting out soon, I believe. Um, man. A Mozzie Gimp and Worthy situation with people. Mm. <laughs> Damn. I would I would love to do that. I'm gonna have to just call my homeboy Sebo. That'd be dope. I'm gonna tell my homeboy Sebo I'm doing it, man. I'm just have chicken. You know who the politics. <laughs> Yo, that, I, I interview uh, uh, a high ranking uh, eight tray gangster out of uh, little little, little Sodi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. A week ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Man, like when you hear about the politics shit from afar, it's one thing. But them niggas, man, like live by the like it it like it's the almost, rule book. It's almost, it, it's, almost, it's almost insane. Because it's like you living by a code. It's like it's like some military shit mixed in with some uh uh a bad a, a bad OG. It's cause because it's like it's kind of like older niggas taking advantage of younger niggas that don't know. And then you're standing on politics that's really built for you to control motherfuckers. And for people to be not to be able to understand what that is at a certain age, you, you just understand that they they get they gain power in structures like that, in situations like that. Because Nobody with money would let nobody control them without money. But in that situation, you got a whole bunch of, a lot of times, a a, a person that's really doing things to hurt people and not to better the situation. It's like, if you're saying that we here, we was here to, you know, take care of the police, where well, now we 20, 40 years away from the inception of it, and now it's just, it's bullshit. So, we as grown people, you know, we have to denounce that shit. But when you go out in LA, and you go out into the neighborhoods, 
and you was like, this shit has just been in, implanted, implemented into these people, man. Like, they not going to change. The only way these people going to change is that they move from out here. And then the whole culture, when you're really honest, is nothing but black people copying Latino people. That's a Mexican culture. Those were all black people moving to the West, and they learned the gang culture from Mexicans, right? From Latinos. Hmm. So at the end of the day, if you really look at it, most of the black people that live in L.A. are very much culturally, they don't have it. Mm. They don't have no other culture but the culture that they're surrounded by. And the culture that they're surrounded by is gangs and gang politics. Like, and with everything, man, it's like some good and, and obviously bad shit in it. Um, I mean, it's not, it's, 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 it was only good when it was dope dealing going on in the 80s and we started having money instead of just fighting every day. Now, you just got kids killing kids for no reason. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, it's nothing to it. It's like you can keep talking about we building the communities and shit like that. But it's like, man, come on, bro. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, the old the, the picnics and the parties and all the old shit that looked great in the 80s when we were children from the 70s. That was big shit. But now, bro, like, it's extortion. It's, it's, it's stop anybody who coming up. We take it from them. So it's almost like it's the, the situation is its own enemy because they don't want it's a saying nobody's bigger than the program. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Atlanta and where I'm from in the South, the way y'all operate, bullies are the first motherfuckers killed. You would never be able to operate. Man, how like how operate. you explain Gucci? Huh? How, how do I explain? explain? Gucci is a bully, respectfully. Right, but Gucci at the time was in a city that where LaFace Records was the shit. So he was an outcast. So Gucci is the king of the misfits, hands down. The last 10 years, all the artists, they want to be Gucci man. That's from the Migos. That's from Future. He represents the streets of Atlanta. And now he's one of the richest rappers to ever come out of Atlanta. And then put on more rap then put on more rappers than a lot of people give him credit for. So again, but what he put, I mean, people, like the, the rappers he putting out are little versions of him, which ain't helping none of us. But you gotta look at it. It ain't for you to it ain't for you to decide or have an opinion about it. Because when we were little and we were M NWA fans, we weren't hearing nobody talk shit about Ice Cube. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. <laughs> I mean, you could say the same thing about Dr. Dre. Like, Dr. Dre put on a lot of people, but nobody discredited Dre for what he did. Like, his work just spoke for himself. That don't make it right, though. That it just makes us all misguided. No, it don't. Like, 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 look at Snoop. And I say this all the time because Snoop is the biggest crip in the history of cryptum as far as publicity-wide. Right. That nigga is one of the worst niggas to ever come around niggas in the history of niggerdom. Because he has <laughs> recruited 
for Crips for decades. Right. Yeah. How many niggas is in a box right now, six feet deep, because they thought Snoop was dope? A lot of niggas, I guarantee you. That's the truth. But I mean, you got to remember, they always pick one. Yeah. They always pick one. R. Kelly was one. You just broke the rules. We'll stay in line. You just got to look, bro, like... Whenever these artists get to a certain level, they control, period. And they're controlled to be the figurehead to have 25,000 more motherfuckers just like them. So that sets up the system to be able to eat. But Outkast got to that level. And you and you watch my homeboy walk away. Yeah, he is playing flutes in Gary, Indiana now. Yeah, he he walked away. He walked away because, bro, he got in the room and they said, oh, this shit ain't about this. This shit about this. Oh. Okay, I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that. See, I'm from Atlanta. I was raised by mom and daddy. I do this shit because I was an artist. And I do this shit because L.A. Reid believed in me. Now, there's all this other extra shit that come along with this shit because this man here started... Uh, now we talking about shoes. Now we talking about clothes. Now we talking. About, you gotta remember where the hip hop shit went. It's always when motherfuckers start beating motherfuckers, then they start talking about some other shit. See, when they start beating them at the records and the music, then they create another motherfucker that represents a whole another thing, and that's the new thing they putting their money on. But it's always something that goes away from the music. Yeah. So when you look at the figureheads of every situation. It's always they grab one. Jerry Heller, Easy E, Leo Cohen, Jay Z, Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine. It goes on and on, man. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you. I got one more, one more question because uh, I know y'all got to go. Um, but as far as the South concerned, yeah, was Luke the guy that kicked the door in, or who was who who, who was that first? Luke. You could say you could say Luke and Jay Prince about the same time. No, Luke Eight, definitely Eight, first. Yeah, Luke is definitely first, but I mean, nobody beats Luke. And I just want everybody just to understand when you ask me about that. That's why the South always gonna feel disrespected because when it comes to people we fuck with, they always get shunned. There's no way you could do. The 30, 50 years of hip-hop on the Grammys did not include Luke Skywalker, who fought for hip-hop, went to jail for hip-hop. The one, the reason why you put parental advisory on your record, but then you lead a man out that, that really crossed over strip club music into the pop world. Mm -hmm. now, now, don't get me wrong. Like, I, 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 my youth was completely dedicated to, to, to live. The Britney! Yes, I went twice. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm absolutely not looking forward to that documentary because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you never just, know. I'm just saying. But 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 Luke didn't do that shit for hip hop. Luke did that shit for his bank account. But I'm gonna be honest about it. But but that's the and, and, and shit. Okay. What what do they do it for? 
I'm just saying, it, he wasn't trying to be altruistic and like it, it sounded good in the sound bite, and that's how they sold it. But at the end of the day, no, that nigga no, wanted no, to keep no, making no, money. No, no. Now you got to look at that. Now you got to look at that. They actually targeted him. They did. About what he was saying in the music. Facts. So at the end of the day, if they had silenced him, it wouldn't have been no NWA. Which, which, to be quite honest, and looking back as a 51-year-old grown man now, C. Dolores Tucker was right. Uh, she was right because, let's talk about this. That's all L.A. music wanted to hear, was that type of music. True. You didn't let, you, you killed the far side. You killed everybody that represented L.A. on some just straight hip-hop. We yes. having fun. You killed that, and you made it about one fucking thing. So, yeah. yes, in one instance, she was totally right. But in the other instance, if if they had crushed that, then I wouldn't have one of my favorite artists, Ice-T. Gangster, I mean, first time I heard 6 in the morning, it blew my mind. You heard Schooly D joint, right? I heard Schooly D, too. That's I love Schooly D too. I'm sorry. And I fucked with Ice T extremely heavy, but man, that song sounds extremely similar. It it totally does, bro. It does. Remember, it does. Remember back in the day, it was about you being able to do something better than somebody. So everybody, but and the only person that they could never mimic was Melly Mel. So Schooly D and them being able to try to Schooly D was the most gangsterous. Uh, he, uh, he created gangster rap. Right, right. So if you look at it, he created New York gangster. L.A. They just seen that as a way in. Like, yo, okay, New York on some gangster shit. Okay, that's what we are. That was their way in. But if you look at it, the OG Melly Mel man, he it, when now you, you man out here losing his mind. I'm just gonna put it, it out here. Like, I mean, see. he's not losing his mind. Nah, he, he just he's he just, just being he being honest that yeah. he understands that the hip hop situation has been taken over by certain people, and they are creating stars and creating who who you want to see and what you gonna hear. That is and true, he, but he also a, is it, extremely inflating his talent by a gazillion. Like I mean, if that, that nigga was if he was white, he would not be Elvis. Man, stop it. <laughs> Like just, just, just stop, stop that shit. Bro. I'm not, I'm not, I take Eminem on. Don't do that, OG. Don't, 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 don't do that, OG. He gonna tear your ass up, OG. Like, you yeah, like you, you know, like I get what you said in some instances, but <laughs> like your gener your generation didn't raise the next generation. The next generation just right. grew, right? Yeah, and now now, and now you kicking yourself in the ass because you didn't help nobody else after you, right. and now they're not looking back in reverence. Right, right. They should right. look in disgust because you didn't help. Right, that's the truth. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's real. You know, and, and yes, true. Eminem would he sold more than he would have because he's a white dude. I'm gonna give you that. But the the first Eminem song I heard, I, I just don't give a fuck. I didn't know he was white, purple, green, or yellow. That shit, shit was fire. That shit was jamming. That's it. Hi, my name is. <laughs> that shit was jamming. The nigga was just different. He had different <laughs> shit. Yes, he benefited off of what he looked like. 
No argument there. But had he been black, and said, well, they wouldn't have let him get away with the talking nah, shit about killing your mama. They wouldn't have. No, nah, the, the subject matter was totally... The subject matter is just a place that black artists can't go. They ain't nobody gonna listen to you talk about your own mama. Ain't nobody gonna listen to you talk about. But you. if he was a brother, he wouldn't even be conceptualizing that because niggas ain't thinking about killing. But see, mama. you know what? A lot of people don't even realize Eminem, him being white and him having his skill set as high as it is, he was accepted because look who did his music, Dr. Dre. I mean that he was accepted globally because of that. He was accepted by the black community. Because he was Dr. accepted Drake by niggas in Detroit people. before then. Not really though. Like I grew, even though he I from, grew up he from uh, like the I don't know four blocks away from the hip hop shop, maybe about six. Mm. So niggas went there, including Eminem, and that was you know like in in the movie Eight Mile, how they you know. St. Andrews was basically the little performance spot that they was at. Hey, well, the, the hip hop shop was really it was the minor, you know that was the major minor leagues, if you if you yeah. will, you know. Yeah. And niggas would go there and every weekend spit their shit. Like Morris Malone had a little shop, and that's mm-hmm. where they would do their thing. So the nigga earned his stripes. That's what like, I give. That's okay. that's what Nick, I, niggas was fucking with him beforehand. It was just the mainstream of niggas start fucking with him because MTV put him all out there. Right, right. But I mean, yeah. like, Proof was a good friend. Like, Proof, like, uh, he was a real good friend of mine. And Proof really was like, yo, bro, like, the white boy good, man. Like, if he wasn't that good, I wouldn't fuck with him like that, bro. That's why I stand with him. And I, he said, man, like, he really went through the trenches. He, he, he went, he battled niggas, he he did everything you're supposed to do, you know. Yeah, the skin color one thing, but guilt. Like, the boy go up in there at St. Andrews in that bottom floor, man, and he'll go at anybody. And he said, you got to respect that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, y'all respect that. <laughs> Nigga, in, in, in Detroit, if Proof said that shit. Proof said it, that. Like, like, yeah, man, rest in peace to that guy. Yes, but, sir. man, he, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he did for Detroit hip hop, man, proof, man. man. Yeah. I was with him a week before they a week before that happened to him, bro. And I was in Detroit with on tour with Nelly. Me and Ali hung out with him all night, bro. He took us to the Eight Mile. We went to all the underground clubs over there on in Detroit, man. We hung out all night. Then hit the casino at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, man. When, let me ask you this: When you when you found out that he passed away, where was you at? Uh, I was on the road with Nelly. I'm sorry, bro. I was on the road with Nelly. Yeah, I can't even hear you, bro. We was in we was in we was in Los Angeles. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Yeah, I hear him. Yeah, I hear him. Like I can hear me. You can hear me. Yeah, like I'm getting the echo now of me. You don't hear me? Yeah, I hear you perfectly now. Oh, I said uh, we was in Los Angeles when we got the call that it happened because we was on tour. I was on tour with Nelly, and we did a show in Detroit, and then we was headed to the West Coast. And uh, it happened when we got to the West Coast. I heard about it. Mm. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Rest in peace, bro. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, that was absolutely crazy, man. Um, 
Hey, my bad. I knew I didn't went over time, man. Um, I'm going to let y'all brothers out of here, man. I truly, truly, truly appreciate y'all, man. There's oh, anything I could ever possibly do for y'all. Not sure what, but let a nigga know. I got you. <laughs> no, man, we just appreciate the love and support, man. Uh, you know, y'all keep supporting that gift and worthy. Yo, yes, and, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because y'all niggas on here I was listening to it today. Again, I fucks with it heavy. I really thank do. You. Man, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. We Which appreciate it. Just go, you know, go have a, a drink with the old lady. And... Yay! Yay! <laughs> you gotta do it. <laughs> Let them talk out the phone. Let them talk. <laughs> Yo, on that note, man, we out of here, man. Y'all have Love a good it. one. Um, peace, man. Appreciate y'all. Can't thank y'all enough. Much love. No doubt. Yo, that that was absolutely fucking dope. Um, yo, um, uh, and as always, man. Oh my god, it's fucking itching. Y'all already know, man. It's brought to you by M three S three clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. On the mighty, 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 mighty nerve DJ's radio, man. Shout out to DJ Johnny O. Shout out to Big Health. Shout out to T-Rex. Um, if you need anything, don't forget to give me a holler, man. You are, just look look me up on social media, Intellectually Petty Radio. You see the IG. Inbox me. Uh, if you want to promote something, you want to sponsor the show or whatever the case. Oh, and don't forget uh, the 28th of this month. M3S3 is having an event. Actually, it's the whole weekend in Miami. They having a basketball three-on-three tournament. They having a dunk contest, a three-point contest. They having battles. Um, it's not just M3S3. It's also no studioing. So shout out to Geechee Gotti and the whole team over there, man. Y'all already know how we get down, man. It's a family affair. So I am sponsoring it just a little bit. I got I got I got my toe in the pool. Um but it's in the pool nonetheless. So shout out to the whole team, man. On that note, man, another thank you to Big Gip and James Worthy. Beautiful conversation. I do apologize for the audio. Uh it is what it is. Hopefully y'all can enjoy that playback. On that note, man, y'all have a good one. This is Jobs. This has been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. And I'm out.